0: The Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. We got some cattle talk this time, Mr. Edge. Yes, we do. And the man on the microphone is Mr. Cody Sankey himself, a guy that travels all over the, uh, the country doing his thing, so...
1: In Argentina, as we learned.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But as you know, if you're bored in quarantine and uh, the recent home arrest, as I like to say, but the lockdown that have been put into place, one thing that I've been doing, Corey, is uh, reliving the moments with Walton Webcasting. I am subscribed. I've went through all of the archives and rewatched some of my favorite shows of all time. And, of course, our good friend... Greg Allen with on the road with Greg, my goodness, you know,
1: I'm doing the same thing with Walton as I am with March madness. And that is going and watching the, the good stuff from last, last season. Uh, obviously because my red Raiders made it to, uh, the national championship last year, going back and watching Mark March madness, like, you know, this day a year ago, um, Fun stuff, and so being able to do that, I know I did notice they were replaying uh, OIE in Houston and yes. uh, those shows that they weren't at. They actually Facebook lived them over again, so you could watch it like it was happening in real time, uh, except it was last year's show. So pretty cool opportunity to get on Walton Webcasting and get that subscription to the archives for four ninety nine a month. I think a good deal.
0: I think everybody can spare that.
1: Absolutely.
0: So another thing uh, that is very interesting is, as you know, everybody is selling their cattle genetics right now, and the place everybody needs to go to do that, whether you're buying or selling, is Show Cattle Connection. Uh, They're loaded with an experienced team, Corey. Uh, We know we've had some um, some of their team on this show and probably some of our most listened to episodes. They're leaders of the industry that will get you on the right step, rather you're buying or selling, it's an easy to use website, Rather you're the customer or the seller. You can navigate mobily or on the web. Show Cattle Connection, folks, is the best way to get positive results.
1: That's right. They got some really good stuff coming up, too, uh, I will say. So look up showcattleconnection.com to see what you can find. Uh, we got some fallborns being sold, we got some semen. Um, you know, got some pretty good stuff. Uh, very nice to see those genetic packages selling. Obviously, you've got those later round, uh, later born, uh, females and steers getting sold. So, pretty cool. Yes. Pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, another thing, I mean, I was pretty blunt the last episode, uh, when we were talking about, um, the coronavirus pandemic and such. Um, just rest assured, folks, the more people I talk to, um, you know what? Yes, it is It is a little scary, the thought of not having a show. But that's so much in the, uh, in the future right now. I mean, July and August is a long ways away. Everybody's very hopeful. The more the people I talk to, the more they're all like, you know what? There will be livestock shows. Rather it be virtual, rather it be live. But I'm telling you what, just take a break. And we'll be all, we'll be fine because there's more people that are there to help your kids out to get your livestock exhibited and put in all that work that's like you do it at normal every single year. It will pay off one way or another. Um, everybody's got your back. Uh, rather, I don't care what species you're in, um, they are going to help you out any way possible if the worst were to happen. But right now, it sounds like if we do our part, quarantine ourselves, I would rather take 30 days off in March now, Mm -hmm. instead of 30 days off in July and August. Yeah,
1: because if winning that jackpot show early on is important to you, or you just use that as an excuse to get them out to a show, throw them on the trailer, take a couple loops around the block, come back, park it, get them off the trailer, and have a yard show.
0: Yes. Yep. I mean, you know, the jackpot shows are a really, really, really fun event, and it's it's a social gathering. The kids... Love meeting up with their friends and uh showing livestock, but maybe throwing baseball outside or whatever it may be, but uh if we have to sacrifice our jackpot season um I would rather take that m- me personally than the entire county fair circuit or state fairs, so that's right we gotta give a little to get a little um but just think of what the folks did at the alternative show and the keep it weird show. They wrapped that thing up in a matter of a week or a little bit over and it was absolutely amazing. So, uh, we are resilient as Mr. Sankey says in this episode, we will, uh, we'll fight right through this and I'm very hopeful. Um, we, uh, we're, we're going to be all right. I think so.
1: Dang right. I would like to issue a challenge right now to all those listening uh video you working out in the show barn, and listening to stock talk and we will do a hat giveaway
0: oh boy hat giveaway folks get that cell phone out get off your butt on the couch get out to the show barn pop on stock talk send us any social Just, medias
1: yep snapchat instagram twitter facebook messages sliding into our dms with some videos uh we will select uh I don't know, Trevor, what do you think? One, two? How many hats we got?
0: We'll give five away.
1: We'll get five hats. Oh all right. Here's here's the other thing too. Is the only way that you will know about this is listening to this episode. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously you could tell your friends if they want to do that too. We gotta listen. Uh if you're listening to this episode, you qualify. Because we're not gonna blast it on any social medias. Yes. If you want a Stock Talk hat, this is the way to get one.
0: I like it. A pop-up surprise hat giveaway. We've got only five to give. So, you heard the the way you got to do it. Get out in the show barn. Pop on Stock Talk. Video it. Send us on any social medias. And that'll uh, that'll enter yourself into a hat drawing.
1: Yeah. And if you, uh, if you don't have a radio in your show barn, first of all, do you even show livestock? Second of all, maybe you can just play in your house while you're bored if you're quarantining
0: yeah either yeah.
1: way either way we want to know that you're listening to stock talk and uh you can get a free hat of the deal oh boy not the bad place to be in the world um big time kirky what uh what are you doing while you're quarantined
0: oh so we uh we're netflixing for a while well emily and i are not the type to just uh sit and watch netflix all day uh, That's a rare occasion. We got to be doing something. So when we were Netflixing, we saw this show that was um, Interior Design Masters is what it was oh, called. Oh, no. Yeah. So uh, now, to be fair, it was fair. Uh, pretty interesting, uh, some of the designs that they did. And then our eyes got to wandering, looking at some walls. And now we're painting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, well at least you're not at least you're not doing a full on demo. Yeah. Project. We're not knocking
0: any walls down or doing anything like that. But we are painting. Uh now I hate painting. Hate it.
1: <laughs> Me too.
0: Uh, but it looks a heck of a lot better. Uh we had purple, like dark, not like champion purple. I'm talking like purple and then like dark green on our walls. Barney Barney purple? No, like purple. Oh, <laughs> Like like, like like show banner purple or maybe like purple like dark purple <laughs> oh my so okay. we were uh we're trying to lighten things up a little bit uh we don't have the biggest house in the world not tiny but just make it look a little more open and uh the first room we did was our foyer looks really nice um and now we have we're tackling the living room which is uh the biggest house obviously our biggest room in the house so uh we've we've biggest uh, house in the room. Biggest house in the room. Yep. And you've seen some Snapchats. We're trying to take a survey. We have like three colors that we're down to and uh we're trying to figure how out was, how was how was my
1: pick? My my alone soldier or is there No, there's
0: other are several people? others. There's several okay. others. Um and uh we're not gonna we're gonna probably just paint a patch and see what we what we like, sit on it for yeah. a couple weeks and then uh move forward. So you know, the quarantine thing is uh, a kind of a blessing in disguise. I get to do a lot of things on the, uh, the computer in the office, uh, talk to a lot of people on the phone, uh, things that I probably couldn't do when I was out and about traveling. Um, I was scheduled to take a lot of livestock pictures for the baby pig sales coming up, doing a lot of virtual picture taking, which is cool, uh, trying to help these customers out get their baby pigs sold because people are still buying livestock. And, um, so yeah, doing a lot of things, trying to be innovative. Uh, how is the, uh, quarantine in the edge household?
1: Yeah, it really hasn't changed much. Uh, other than the fact that I can't travel for work. Um, you know, Taylor's still going to work because apparently when you're an accountant, um, you're still considered, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, Essential. uh, essential, Yeah. You're still considered essential. Um, I consider Taylor essential in my everyday life. So, um,
0: (laughs) uh man what, uh, i'm just gonna say these accountants right now holy cow like i know you live with one but you got to be kind of stressed it's tax time plus all of this stuff that's happening it is crazy as if it already wasn't this time of year in previous years
1: no doubt about it no doubt about so, it So,
0: power to you uh accountants CPAs out there, um, and obviously our, our stock show people, but
1: yeah, so yeah, we're uh, we're still grinding, like I like I say later in the episode. Uh, had an online sale on Monday, um, and guess what? Sheep still sold, so there you
0: go.
1: that's a positive feeling.
0: Gotta love it, love it, love it. Well, Corey Edge, you got a big job to do to introduce a big name in our industry, so let's hit him with it,
1: folks. Trevor said this earlier, but it's so true. We're talking about a guy that travels the world as we know it, looking to buy bulls and genetic pieces for his day-to-day job, for his ranch, for his family's cattle operation, a guy that was a livestock judging coach, a teammate, an industry professional, and somebody that everybody should know as being synonymous with CAB and the Angus breed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Cody Sankey.
0: All right, well, uh, thanks for joining us. It's a crazy time, but uh, cows need fed and bread, right? So, uh, hey, business as usual on that end. So thanks for joining us, man. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what you do for a living.
2: Yep, my name is Cody Sankey and I uh, currently live here in Economy, Indiana with my wife Lindsay, our two kids, Caroline and Cyrus, and um, we kind of own and operate Sankey Angus here outside of Economy, and then um, I also work for Gen X, um, just work as the AVP of beef programs for Gen X and also sire procurement and buying and bulls. And so I cover the country doing that for them as well. So it keeps me busy. Um, but kinda kinda a little bit of background on myself.
1: Awesome. Uh Cody, well, I think one of the one of the reasons, one of the big reasons we wanted to get you on is uh kind of the history of, of where you grew up um and and the ranch back in Kansas and then uh kind of what led you guys into Sankey Angus where you're at today here in central Indiana. So um If you could, give us a little history of the ranch, uh, how it all got started, and then kind of where Sankey Angus uh, has fallen into that.
2: Yep. So I was born and raised in the Flint Hills of Kansas, a little town called Council Grove. Uh, My parents, Chris and Sherry Sankey, have Sankey 6 Inn Ranch there. Grew up there with my sister, Gina, uh, Gina Sankey Hurlbut. She lives in South Dakota now, Um, but uh, grew up there. Our family, uh, I'm fifth generation Angus producer Um, on my mom's side, the Laughlin Ranch, uh, started in 1900 with registered Angus, second oldest registered Angus in the United States. We carried that tradition on. Uh, My dad grew up in central Kansas and uh, his family had scimitals and Angus. and They've been in that business uh, for for a significant amount of time. And so uh, my parents Met on the Kansas State Livestock Judging Team, and they kind of settled in there in the Flint Hills and never left and raised us up there. Uh, grew up avid member of the National Junior Angus Association, uh, Part also showed some eared cattle, the National Junior Brangus Association, uh, part of that. And then uh, upon graduation from high school, went to Butler County Community College, was on the livestock judging team there, uh, was part of Chris Mullenix's first team there. And then uh, from there, went to Oklahoma State University and worked at the beef unit there out west of town and was on the 2001 National Champion Livestock Judging Team there. And then after graduation from college, uh, I went on and got a master's degree there at OSU and helped coach the judging team with Mark Johnson and then uh, had the opportunity to go to Michigan State University from there. Manage a purebred teaching herd there in East Lansing. And so from Stillwater, I went to East Lansing and spent eight years there. Uh, Managed the beef herd and then also coached two judging teams while I was there. And uh, just so happened while I was there, uh, I met my wife, Lindsay, at the National Western Stock Show. And uh, when we got ready to get married, kind of moved here to Indiana native here in Wayne County in East Central Indiana and so we kind of stopped here and uh, that's that's how St. Yangus ended up here. Uh, we're still heavily involved in my parents operation I go home quite a bit there um, but we do run our own cat we're up to about 50 cows here um, and trying to uh, do a little seed stock production with that and then still do a job with Gen X so it keeps me busy. Yeah, yeah.
1: for sure. <laughs> How, how many, uh, how many cows your folks have back in Kansas?
2: Uh, they're running just over a hundred cows there in Kansas. there on our ranch.
1: Okay. So. Both, both the Angus and Brangus too down there.
2: Yep. But majority be Angus. And then they do have a few Brangus cows there, uh, still, uh, actively involved in that. That's kind of my mom's project her her side hustle. I always jokingly call it, uh, <laughs> she's pretty good at it and raises some pretty good ones, but, uh. She's She's been pretty successful at it.
0: Well, I'd say, and, and a man that's been all over the country in his his history from Stillwater to up in Michigan, Kansas, and now Indiana, uh, touch a little bit on what those cattle look like in, in a, from a regional standpoint, and maybe how uh, you've managed them differently uh, in the South and the Midwest and West.
2: Yeah, well, it definitely, there's some uh, definite differences in health livestock are managed and how things are handled you know out west uh, maintenance is a little lower uh calving eat or uh, calving time comes a little easier the cows get on pasture uh, you're working a little more with warm season grasses um, you know those cattle um do a, <clears throat> make it a life a little easier out there as you come east into michigan and in indiana you're calving in the winter in barns uh, you got a lot more fescue and cool season, uh, require a lot more maintenance. Uh, there's a little more feed involved to managing cattle back here. And probably uh, the most noticeable difference between raising cattle east of the Mississippi River versus west of it is the depth of the mud. Uh-huh. And uh, it is a whole <laughs> lot deeper uh, here. There is no bottom, I don't think. Um, and muck boots often require on in raising cattle
0: back here yes maybe waiters at some point (laughs) yeah very much yeah this
1: uh this this winter and spring has been just a ridiculous start as far as moisture goes up here um so i i'm sure you probably envy uh your folks out in kansas and down uh friends in oklahoma so um one of the things too that I thought uh would kind of be interesting to talk about is, is some of your guys' cow families, um, and maybe some of those herd sires you guys have raised that have influenced your program and and others you talked about seed stock production and and uh, trying to trying to get some of that accomplished here in Indiana. So um kind of what were some of those cow families and, and maybe what influenced some of those breeding decisions?
2: Yeah. So we've been been out a long time and a lot of trying through um cow families that have worked well for us uh you know we really, really study across the uh what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us uh, there's always something new new and exciting that comes down the line it seems like but you know we try and stick to raising cattle and have high quality phenotype uh we place some emphasis on production traits. Uh, as far as the uh, Weaning and yearling growth ratios. You know, we we pay attention to EPDs because our bull market requires it, and uh, we just try and create the cattle that uh, cover all the bases. And uh, you know, our family's been fortunate enough; uh, we've won the National Western twice with two bulls that we raised that were born and raised on our place. Um, you know, and that that's a, a, in my opinion, the Super Bowl of cattle shows, and and it's pretty tough to do. And um, those. Those cows, interestingly enough, I purchased one of them when I was in college, and um, the mother of the the first bull that we had, Sankey's Laser, that won Denver, and then uh, we had Justified that won uh, Denver as well, and he was a son of Laser, so we've kind of kept it in the family there twice. But um, you know, cow families are important, carrying on those maternal genetics. Um, you know, some of the ones we've got. Uh, Probably the most productive one for us is, a, is Malie, uh, is a cow family that's done well for us and stuck with us. And, you know, I'll probably say some cow family names that aren't household names, uh, but, you know, they're the ones that keep you in the business. And uh, we've got some Elderines and jilts uh, that have done an outstanding job for us uh, across the years uh, that, that keep you in the cow business, you know, um, that certainly rise to the top.
1: Well, so like on the seed stock side of things and here's, here's what maybe a hot topic. I don't know, but, uh, I would guess the majority of the folks that listen to us are obviously kind of stock show families, um, and, and breeders and, and producers. So, um, you know, when it comes to the Angus world, obviously, uh, everybody can get drowned uh, kind of in the, in the EPDs and the numbers sometimes. Um, yeah. I wanted to, what's your flavor on, on how, um, what emphasis do you put on those EPD genetic traits versus um, how they'll perform uh, in real, in the real world and, and in the show ring too?
2: Yeah. So I tell you what, it, there is always a lot of people that debate back and forth about this, about this, this common topic about what's more important and what's not. And uh, I tell you what you raise, in my opinion, you you raise whatever cattle that you can raise and make a living with and do what you want to do with. And that's what's important. But, um, you know, for us, we we put balance. You know, they have to look the part. They have to be sound, structured. They have to be good-footed. They have to have the right kind of body shape. They still have to be good-looking cattle. Uh, but we also can't ignore in the business that my family's in some of the important things, uh, such as birth weight, EPD, growth, and performance. Uh, some of those basic when you still sell um, commercial bulls and do some of that um you know so we try and put some emphasis on that from our standpoint we try and raise the most balanced uh, animal out there that we take in we kind of look out like a uh, uh, three legs on a stool we believe phenotype we believe in pedigree and we believe in epds and performance information And we believe it takes all three of those legs to make that stool stand up strong and uh, so that's kind of what we try and do when we breed our cattle
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's always been interesting to me is that finding that balance and uh, obviously your cow families have been uh, your strong stay with some of the bulls that you've created. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they're backed by by a good set of numbers as well. So, you know, it almost happens when when there's good cattle backed by good numbers uh, that they're just quality livestock all the way around.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you drive an 07 or newer GM truck, that includes what would be Chevy and GMC. The guys over at Fleece Performance just released a cool new product. We've been talking about it for weeks now. It's called They're All Lights On. Keeps your fogs and your brights on at the same time. If you're like us and spend plenty of nights in the fields or driving to drop livestock off trying to see... This is the best 20 bucks you'll ever spend. Promise. Check out their website and learn more at www.fleeceperformance.com. That's F-L-E-E-C-E performance.com. Use promo code STOCK10, k one zero and get 10% off. 10% off 20 bucks may not seem like a lot, but it will if you spend 200 bucks. So there's lots of products on that website. Go check them out. Fleeceperformance.com. Back to the show
0: in my studies of uh, just kind of learning about uh, what the Sankey Ranch is all about, uh, I noticed that you're kind of endorsed I'll say with the uh, certified Angus beef brand. And I just want to expand on a little bit of that and maybe how, how does that happen uh, being an Angus producer and maybe how that brand has helped you and what it takes to become a CAB.
2: Yeah. So value, Valuable part of the Angus breed and what helps make it go around is the certified Angus beef brand. And um, a couple of years ago, they started a campaign to uh, paint their logos on uh, 40 barns across the country. And um, fortunate enough, our family, my um, parents in Indiana, we were all selected to, to get that painted on there. And, um, you know, that's kind of how. Uh, our involvement directly with Certified Angus Beef has been, and we've kind of become, you know, tried to be a spokesperson for the brand uh, in our community and uh, with folks that maybe uh, are are folks that live in town that maybe don't understand exactly what it is. But uh, Certified Angus Beef brand is a branded beef program created at the American Angus Association uh, many years ago to help drive demand for uh, Angus Bulls, uh, began, and single-handedly, in my opinion, the certified Angus beef brand has turned the industry black, um, because the initial qualifications to qualify for it, um, you had to be 51% percent black hiding. and so the easiest way black's dominant, and when you're the black breed, uh, that, that tends to happen overnight pretty fast, and so that happened, and then, you know, there's 10... Uh, certifications of quality that those carcasses have to pass as they go through the production chain uh, to make sure they qualify for certified Angus beef. And so um, you see it in your restaurant stores, you know, it's more, it's more than just uh, calling it Angus. You you have to, you know, it's the certified Angus beef brand and it's created a high quality product. that's demanded across the industry and ultimately added value to a lot of, a lot of producers.
0: Yeah, it's always, I mean, it's kind of cool though. Uh, CAB is actually in Worcester, Ohio and pass it all the time. And, uh, you know, you see it everywhere. It's not just obviously Ohio. And, uh, and, and, you know, I looked at uh, some of the things you guys were doing and that that emblem is painted on the barn. And I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that because I thought that was so cool that uh, it's just a nationally known brand that had a select few barns that they wanted to represent. And and you were one of them. And I I know what kind of work goes into producing a quality product let alone a cab so uh that's fascinating i mean i, I think uh i wanted our listeners to kind of understand what it what it really takes to be cab and and maybe some of that behind it so just a little tidbit Corey, but not on our outline figured out, <laughs> just kinda well, i just kind of throw it out it. there no yeah
1: well the the, the unique part you... about oh go ahead
2: no i just if you uh, you know for those who want to know more about it, the Certified Angus Beef website provides all that the specifics on it. Um, but certainly, um, you know, from a, I know majority of your listeners are in the, the show cattle business and, uh, and it's all great, but uh, you know, the, Hey, the greatest thing about it is uh, uh, anybody, you know, that has Angus uh, base cattle tend to qualify for it. So.
1: Yep. Well, and that's what I was getting ready to say. The, the unique part about, the show cattle business is the fact that it, it can merge and, and be very much synonymous with producing seed stock. I mean, um, it's, it's not kind of one or the other. It's kind of an and, or now you get into the club calf genetics and things like that, obviously there's some trade-off, but, uh, but I think is, you know, from the standpoint of raising purebred cattle um, that can both function in the show ring and make, and make money, uh, you know, on the outside too, is what's so unique about the, the cattle business in my opinion. So uh, pretty cool. So um, I think we want to do, we've got a really interesting topic from a hat for you. I don't know if you're familiar with our segments or not, Cody, but we've got, uh, we've got one that I thought probably fit you as good as any guesses we've had. So um, Trevor, let's hit them with the music. Topics from a hat brought to you by fierce threads, screen printing and embroidery. The only stuff we get done is through the good folks at Fierce Threads. Visit fierce-threads.com. Um, got my Be Nice shirt on as we're doing this interview, so it's yes, kind of cool. Very fitting. Check out the big paw brands. Um, so, Cody, this one comes from uh, a guy by the name of Jason on Facebook. Uh, wants to know about uh, more about uh, developing a flush program. Uh, he said he's got a few cows that he's wanted to try, but um, never really could seek out uh, any advice that he thought was worthwhile. Um, and, uh, obviously a smaller producer, but just kind of want to, wants to know what influences donor selection, uh, and breeding decisions once you've picked out those donors.
2: Yeah. My advice on donor selection is it, you know, you want to make sure that the cow that you select or cows are worthy of the process. And I know that seems pretty simple, But there's a lot of money involved in this and it's real easy to say man just because everybody's flushing a cow i need to flush a cow but i think you have to be honest with yourself and say are my do i have one two five ten whatever number cows that are worthy of the process and think about from a production standpoint of what cows um raise your most valuable calves no matter what your production endpoint is whether it's show cattle or or selling bulls or you know whatever it may be uh, do you have a cow that stands out above the rest uh from making you the most money that you would wish you could propagate more than just one calf a year out of because i think probably being honest with ourselves uh, sometimes we end up with more cows in a donor program than maybe our that would should be in there and uh, so i think it's important to make sure you select the right cow or cows uh that meet your production goals that are going to make you more profitable and um, having a donor cow just to have one is uh, probably not what you want to do you want to make sure she is the right one for the job so i i don't know if that answers the question but that's my approach because i you know we all have a bunch of you know we wouldn't keep them in our cow herd if they weren't good cows but what you're trying to do is replicate the 1%, the elite of the elite. And so you need to identify which cow that is or cows that are going to make you the most money. uh, However, your marketing game is played uh, that help you reach your end point.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, Definitely. They got to be, they got to be the 1%. I I'll pull that out of what you just said. Uh, The best one should get the most attention. So uh speaking of attention, uh another thing we wanted to kind of pull out in this interview uh is the coronavirus pandemic that's going on right now and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how it impacted you as a producer or or the the friends that you network with uh, that are also cattle producers and maybe what effects it has on the show families.
2: Yeah. So, it it uh, is an interesting time we're living in. And um
0: this is something we've never
2: seen before in our lifetime. Hopefully, we never see it again. Uh, whether anybody in our, our age range, you know, uh, it's, it's changed the way we do business. Uh, showing livestock as we know it's changed, you know, we've seen started with the Houston Livestock Show, and, and we've seen it all the way through the spring. Every time somebody tries to power through it, like it just no matter how hard you try this coronavirus seems to come out and shut us down from what we're doing but i tell you we can't lose sight and lose hope in what we're trying to accomplish here and uh, you know from a from a show perspective you know these these will shows will come back they're mm-hmm. not gone forever um we know that these youth projects are valuable uh we know these kids sitting at home right now um they can't go to school, and I can't think of anything better for them to be doing than have uh, show heifer or show steer or market lamb or market hogs or whatever in the barn for them <laughs> to work with.
0: Absolutely. To, take,
2: be, to get their mind off of what's going on around us and to keep them busy and motivated because, um, you know, we've seen it in the other countries around the world. It, it comes and it goes, and it's going to go away. At some point, we're going to stay positive in the thought process behind that. And no one wants to cancel these shows forever. And uh, so they're going to come back. Hopefully we'll be back to Junior Nationals uh, full steam ahead in July. And we'll have state fairs. And you guys will be doing podcasts all over the country. Um, but, you know, as we move forward in this, you can't give up hope and you can't give up the, the real thought behind it. And so we need to make sure we, we just keep after it. You know, agriculture from a whole was deemed essential by the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, feeding cattle and uh, taking care of livestock so we're still going to have feed we're still going to have those kind of things available to us and so we're going to keep charging ahead because you know people in agriculture are the most resilient people i've seen and uh, they face everything from um, floods and fires and and blizzards and bomb cyclones and hurricanes and come out the backside as resilient as ever. And I, I think this will be the exact same way. So, you know, from that standpoint, that's kind of where I see it. So.
1: I love it. That's good stuff. A little presidential there. That was pretty good. Uh, good, (laughs) I don't know about
2: that. I, (laughs) I, uh, it's one of those things I just, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. And that's how I feel about it. So. No,
1: we, uh, that, that's what we've, we've talked about more than anything. Uh, Trevor and I were actually just talking a little bit before we jumped on here with you. Um, I just kind of asked him how his show families were feeling. Uh, we've got, an, we're recording this on a Monday, but uh, we've got an online sale, uh, that closes tonight. And, um, you know, I've got people asking me what my thoughts and feelings are. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's just something we're going to have to realize is, is going to come and go. Um, it's going to go away probably as fast as it came. Um, and, and, even if it doesn't, we will work hard enough to make sure that, uh, these kids and, and these producers are taken care of. So, yeah. yeah.
2: My- and you know, from, I, from a cattle perspective where we see a lot of folks having, uh, female sales right now online and live and, and, uh, bull sales are going on. You know, I was, uh, in Illinois at Musgraves on Friday. Uh, and they powered through it, uh, even with Illinois, a state as hard hit as as the rules and regulation been put down for them. But, you know, cows still need bread. And uh, so bulls are going to need to be there to do that on these fall born sales. You know, we can show fall born again next summer. And so I wouldn't be afraid of getting one of those um, because, you know what, at state fairs in our state in Indiana, at Hoosier Beef Congress, you can still show fall borns. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities to look down the road. So you know, we stay positive and we look at that and say this is where we're headed. And we're not we're not going to let off the gas. We're going to keep powering through.
0: Yeah, there's so many people who want to see uh, these 4-H and FFA programs to continue. And although you know, worst comes the worst. There's still a large group of people that are going to do absolutely everything they can to make sure those kids can exhibit their livestock one way or another so i've always told you know my show families just say positive because once we get negative then everything follows that and we don't want that i mean this is so much more than just uh pulling your calf or driving your pig or lamb or goat into the ring it's uh i i always joke with my families too but there's no excuse for these livestock to be dead broke by April. <laughs> now that there's so much time yeah. for them to be in the barn, but uh we'll get through it. I love the resiliency uh comment. Um we've been hit with uh, natural disasters in the past and and just drove right through it.
2: Yeah, and you know, that's the thing to understand that this is so much bigger than than the next jackpot show next week. We can have more of those coming. They'll make more of those and more of those will happen. So we just got to, you know, we got to take care of things and uh, make sure that we pay attention to to what's going on out there and and, and take care of ourselves and those around us. And, um, you know, when this passes, well, I'd say uh, I can't I know how it is for my family, livestock show family. Man, they're always looking for a trip to go somewhere. So I tell you what. I don't know who the show coordinators are, but as soon as the the travel restrictions are lifted, man, I'd want to show that weekend because I don't think you'd have enough space for all the animals that would show up.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, So the the amazing thing is you guys that have listened and maybe followed along with us, um, you know, last week we talked about the shows that were put on. Um, the alternative and that keep it weird show. And, and I think there was a cattle show that was, that was put on to um, down South and it's just amazing. Those, those guys pulled those together in, you know, less than a week, less than three days, some of them. And uh, to think about what this industry can do, if we even got a little bit more time to prepare, um, I think, I think it'll be uh, really good for, for what we want to do moving forward.
0: Well, not a pig episode, but I need to tell you, about GNS Swine. Folks, he was our guest last week, and that is when I checked out the set that is selling tomorrow on showpig.com. There's about 100 crossbreds sired by Goosebumps, Breaking Rules, Gorilla, Calling Card, Checkmate, Endgame, HMB71, Ace, and Solo Cup. These are incredible. I mean, big time, state fair caliber, win your county fair type crossbreds. Now, he had to move it online, as you know, with all the craziness going on, but it's tomorrow, folks. GNS Swine, get a hold of Garrett, and he will lead you in the right direction. I'm telling you, it's worth your time. There are those late December, January cross spreads at GNS Swine selling tomorrow on showpig.com.
1: The 26th. Your day to day, Cody, is uh, at GNX, as you said earlier. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, and then. Uh, on top of that, kind of explain uh, where you think where you think, or where you see the, the cattle genetic business going.
2: Yeah, so uh, my job at Gen X Beef um, in, from a sire procurement standpoint is uh, travel the countryside uh, all across America and source bulls that we can put into our lineup that we can sell food on. And we cover all kinds of variety of, of markets. Um, we you know whether we're selling uh, commercial heifer semen, so we're buying bulls or ease with commercial traits that, that go into large breeding projects of five hundred, a thousand, or two thousand heifers across the country. We're buying bulls to sell semen in the seed stock herds, or we're buying show cattle, So we are bulls to raise show cattle. We we cover all the bases, um, you know, and and just. In my short time here at Genix, um the the genetic world is it's changing rapidly, and how fast things progress and move forward. And um, you know, I don't it'd be hard to say where you see it going. Uh, I do, but it is full steam ahead in those directions. Um, you know that are important to beef production, and we've got genomics, and we've got uh, all these things that enter into the the dynamics of beef production that are going forward, and I think our world's ever changing as we move. But uh, one thing about it is, I think you'll see from a beef genetics standpoint, things move fast and rapid in in a direction forward, and we'll continue to see that. And you know, I think we see that already. We talked about embryo transfer. You know, people creating more and more of the best available genetics out there. You know, we have sex semen now that we can make distinct matings the way we want them, both bull and heifer. You know, maybe on this podcast, uh, most people want sex heifer semen, but we do have a significant group of people who just want sex male semen in their dynamics of where they're at. And um, so, you know, going forward, where the next opportunities um, lie is that the the ceiling, you know, there is no ceiling; the sky's the limit. Um, But, you know, the opportunities that are out there are very uh, endless of what can happen. But, you know, we have, uh, we think about folks now, even genomic testing embryos while they're in the tank so they know what their genetic merit is before they even put those eggs in a cow. Um, Those kind of things out there are extremely interesting um, as we move forward. But uh, all the opportunities and technology, uh, it has opened up a lot more opportunity out there for for people and beef production to create more of the best
1: absolutely i will say the the genetic development of of the beef cattle industry and well really the cattle industry in general um has has transferred into other parts you know obviously the sheep and goat world right now is is uh, blowing up because of that um and and we all know that that Dolly was the first, uh, clone, the sheep, uh, sheep had the first clone in the, in the world, uh, as far as livestock goes. But, uh, what the cattle industry has done with genetics and, and obviously, um, embryo transfer and, and things like that has been mind blowing really considering how, how new the technology is, um, and how fast paced it's moved, um, you know, since it's, since its inception, obviously AI has been around for a while in the cattle business, but, um, the, the amount of the amount of cattle and we just talked about, you know, donor cattle uh, earlier about how pretty much everybody that raises cattle thinks they probably ought to have one. Um, you know, it's because of this technology that they're even the smaller producers are able to do it. So. Cody, you
2: said yeah, you, it, you it is changed rapidly.
0: It's a, a technology in that deal is absolutely fascinating. And now you said you've traveled the world, well, America, at least, uh, across all states, finding these kind of sires and and all that. Is there any interesting story that you can tell or find a, a sire that you found that you'll never forget or any out there stories that you can share with us and the listeners?
2: Oh yeah, it's uh, there's it's an, it is uh, I it's truly my my dream job and uh, to get to travel the countryside and um to buy some bulls and do what i do um but you know in this business it's uh it's a lot like anybody's ever judged a show uh when you walk in the pen they just hit you if they're the right one you just you know it and uh, they just like when you're judging a show and a heifer or a lamb or a pig comes in you're like that's the one that i came to find that's the one i've been looking for that happens the same in this business and, uh, you know, I tell you about, uh, and they, I tell this story mostly because they don't always have to cost a lot of money. Um, but <clears throat> a bull, the first bull I ever bought for Gen X, a bull called G.A.R. Ashland from Gardner Angus in uh, Ashland, Kansas. I uh, went out there, had been on the job. I started in like, July or August. They had a sale in September and went out there, went to two, three, four hundred bulls and this one bull just hit me hard and I kept coming back to him, kept coming back to him. And um, we ended up buying that bull that day for $10,000. And um, contending bidder was a commercial uh, man sitting in the stands and, and we got, obviously got him bought. And uh, he's gone on to probably be one of the most popular Angus bulls used in the breed. And he will, his, his, one of his sons is going to stay here in a few weeks and command him. And uh, you know that bull. He just—it's a pretty cool story that they don't all have to cost a hundred or two hundred or three hundred thousand uh, to to do the right things. And this bull's proven himself out through his progeny, and um, cost ten thousand dollars. And he's—he knows how many times he's paid for himself over and over again. Wow. So I, I remember that mostly because it was the first one. And uh, one of those things, if I didn't mind, uh, the commercial guy would have got him and no one would have ever heard from him again. And, and he, he's had a pretty big impact on the industry. Wow.
0: That's awesome. That's, what's uh, that? what's that
1: bull's name? G A R Ashland. Wow. Ashland. I heard that one in, uh, on the green shavings a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: there you go.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. Um, one of the other things that we kind of talked off air. So funny story: Cody called into the show and uh, accidentally typed in the wrong um, meeting ID number and joined a conference call with 14 other people.
2: <laughs> That's probably yeah, it definitely wasn't you guys. They didn't know what I was talking about when I started talking about bulls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no! Well, uh, it's worth. I mean. I, I think our internet's bogged down with everybody and their brother trying to do virtual meetings on this platform and the internet's yeah. pulling way uh, you know, a lot of data, but that is hilarious. I can only imagine start talking about sex, semen and embryos. And we're talking to a bunch of it <laughs> guys sitting around, a <laughs> round table. <laughs> well, I
2: couldn't figure out. I didn't hear you guys on there and uh, 14 other people. I didn't think we were having that many on the call, but, uh, I do. Uh, oh, and I, I tell you, I got one more story for you on a bull that was bought. Um, you want an interesting story, a bull that is popular in the uh, you'll see he's tired some winners in the show world. So some of your folks may have heard about him, uh, but a bull by the name of Stevenson Turning Point and uh, been successfully campaigned uh, down there, at Conley Cattle in Oklahoma. They sold a lot of winners on him. But I actually purchased him over the phone. Parked on the side of the road in Argentina. So wow, um, there is no end. So I had to. I couldn't be. At, I had an international travel trip that day, and uh, was bidding over the phone. I had the the service is uh, worse than the worst place in America you can imagine. So we found a high hill that had service. I was able to get a call out. We got him purchased. So. <laughs> Uh, I was sitting there looking at that, I thought that was one folks may have heard about before was turning point, so he had to had to be creative on getting them bought sometimes too
1: wow <laughs> uh could you do you know off the top of your head since since working at Gen X how many bulls have you bought? I say that again, so since working at Gen X, how many bulls have you bought?
2: Oh, this year, I started in fall of. 16, oh, I'd
1: say we're probably north of three or 400. Wow, okay. Now, do you have a certain, you know, are you required to replace certain bulls over the course of time? Or, like, how, how does that fit into your role, too, when you're when you're looking to buy bulls?
2: Yeah, so we have budgets every year. We have um, breeds, you know, every breed's important. Um, obviously, Angus, we buy the most of them because they're our biggest, but we still buy charlotte Hereford, Simmental, Simangus. Uh even last year we bought our first Akaushi. Uh we had demand for that. So um but we'll buy anywhere uh fifty to a hundred bulls a year and uh, depending on the markets. Um, you know, we're a genetics company that exports around the world. And so we've got a big we have a big demand here recently in Brazil. And then um you may have heard about uh you've got folks in the dairy business that are friends with you that you know that the use of beef semen in dairy cows now is becoming more and more uh popular, and so we've had an increase there. And so, you know, every bull, every market has a different kind of bull that's required for it. Uh It's hard to buy just one bull to meet one to cover all the bases for a couple of reasons. One, because beef bulls won't make enough semen to, to cover all the bases, so you need multiples. And um, each market has their own specifics, so... Uh, everybody kind of has their own uh, traits that they like to select for.
1: Right, right. Diverse portfolio is always important in any breeding program, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, Very much so. Kind of, uh, at least in the cattle world. When it comes to show sheep, we just stack them things up as tight <laughs> as we can get them. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Trevor, I stuck you with the last question, and I'm not not mad about it.
0: Well, have we done our uh, social media smash yet? Well, we have not. We probably should do that. This is one of my favorites. Social Smash.
1: All right. Social Smash brought to you by Brad Halford. Ford. Cannot forget about our good friends there in Kokomo, Indiana. Give Brad or Baxter Howell a call. They'll get you set up in the nice new diesel truck that you're going to need. Because if you're not hauling to a show, you're going to be hauling to a sale barn. So you might as well have a nice <laughs> truck to get you there and won't break down. That's right. That was a joke. we are not, we're going to have show still. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so Cody, we use this segment to talk about, uh, our social media pet peeves. And if you don't have a social media pet peeve, uh, an industry one would be good. And given your background as a former judging coach, uh, in today's world, I'm sure you can come up with a few.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's actually uh, a pretty easy one for me. So I will, uh, I I probably got two or three pet peeves but my number one right now in the in the world we live in is um the judge bashing that can go on on social media um people you know getting upset just because they don't win a show and then trying to to draw conclusions on where it's going because I said you know a lot of times um no matter what species you are these folks are asked to come in and 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 give their honest opinion. And, you know, we still have to remember this is a subjective evaluation. If you you don't like it, you better go to horse racing or some (laughs) sort of timed event. But, um, you know, uh, it is one man or one woman's opinion. And and I'm as passionate and as competitive as the next person. Um, And it is easy to get caught up. But somewhere we have to step back and say, you know, that person, that was their take on that day. But, you know we're gonna we're gonna if we keep doing and and people keep saying and doing some of the things that they do that are that are not the nicest uh, I think we're gonna see a a pushback from people who want to be a part of judging shows and doing some of this if they don't do anything but get criticized for what their opinion was on that day and um, you know there is within bounds the right and wrong way to do this but you know whether you like big stout cows or you like the little pretty cows, it doesn't matter. That's your opinion that day, and I think we have to be more willing to accept other people's opinions in the in the show world and make sure that um, we're we're not just bashing everybody just because they didn't win a show that day. It it gets frustrating to me um, because you know it's a, it is a great event and there's not a better way to raise young kids in is in youth and livestock but uh, we want to make sure we do it the right way and and so i think going forward we want to be positive and hey if you don't win that day it was somebody else's day uh guess what there'll be another one next weekend there always is and there'll be a new judge with a new opinion that maybe fits yours a little closer so i think that's one of my pet peeves the yeah, other is um boy the the terminology that gets used in today's livestock world i'm i'm a little old school but i like to make sure it's still relevant that the terms that we use about livestock uh, while we're judging shows uh, that we're there to discuss the, the livestock and the and the kids that are involved in it and we're not there to draw attention to ourselves as judges uh, because we're there for the kids and the cattle. We're not there because we're trying to be cool ourselves as judges. And what's the next coolest term we can come up with, uh, to sound trendy and cool on the microphone. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm old school. Uh, but that, that, those are some of the ones that get me where we're at today in the livestock show world.
1: Oh, I love well, it. To your, to your first point. If, if this, if being scared of not having shows doesn't make you want to take a, a we care, I'd show a freaking you know Joe Schmo on the side of the road if he can place four animals as long as we get to have a show. I think that's the most important part. I, I, at least I would hope that people maybe take a step back and say, "Hey, maybe some of that talk in the background isn't as important as uh, actually have not having a show now." So um, I, maybe, agree. Maybe I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. A good wake up call for some folks.
0: And the uh, terminology thing is, as uh, I'm on board with both 100, but. As soon as uh, an evaluator starts thinking about themselves when they're on the microphone, that evaluator probably doesn't need to have a microphone in his his or her hand again. Uh, you know, like yeah. you said, just talk to livestock like they are coming at you, and instead of trying to think outside the box too much. You know, you don't want you want to be uh, entertaining to a certain extent, but be entertaining about how accurate you are, not uh, how fancy you need to be. That is that's a great pet peeve.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred. No one is to hear a boring person give Um, uh, but we don't need to talk about stuff that's irrelevant to the industry that the animal is involved in. It's just
0: because be cool in what we're saying. Yep. Oh, I totally agree. Well, um, we appreciate your time so far. We're going to leave you uh, with one more question, and uh, we're doing this to all of our guests in our second season here, and that question is, what lessons has the stock show industry taught you? Um hard work, determination, um,
2: never giving up on your goals. Um, just because uh, you maybe uh, don't didn't come from uh, a background relevant to where you wanna be, doesn't mean you can't succeed in the industry. And I tell you what, I mean, be involved in the National Junior Angus Association, National Junior Angus Association, uh, shaped me for where I am today. And the opportunities, my parents, you know, I think about now and how many miles we traveled in a pickup going to shows and livestock events, and it is, I I can't even begin to count where all we went and what all we did, but it was because of that family time in that vehicle with my parents and my sister, and the hard work and efforts that put in, and sure, we didn't win every time, and probably lost more than we ever won, but it, it just showed me how close this industry is and showed me that if you work hard and never give up, you can achieve whatever you want. And um, you know, and the friendships that I made uh still to this day are as valuable as anything else I have uh in this industry. The folks that I interacted with at all those shows and all those events, I still talk on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Uh, if you're not working hard on one day you probably just lost a day compared to everybody else. And like you said before, I'm just as competitive as anybody and man, that alone should fire me up to just work hard as the next person and the friends, the friend comment and the the connections we've made. Holy cow. Well, well, uh, that's awesome stuff and, um, stay healthy out there. I know it's kind of a wild time and, uh, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you open up your mind and, uh, just talking a little bit to us, uh, today and, uh, we'll, uh, get this out there for the listeners and I'm anxious to see, but we really appreciate it, Cody. Hey,
2: and I'm, I'm putting my name on the list when we have the next junior beef show, whether it's the national junior Angus show, the Indiana state fair, I'm coming back with you guys. We're going to talk about how good it is on the backside. So you Being just put right. me down.
1: All right. Excellent. That sounds good. Yeah. We're uh, I don't know what uh, I don't know what you guys have have been talking about, but Trevor and I and others have been discussing a a uh, plan B if some of these shows don't happen already. And I I think that conversation's kind of been going on in other circles as well. So, you, you know,
0: whatever I can do to help, fellas, you let me know. You bet. Thanks, Cody. What a guy. Bunch of positivity coming from another incredible cattle producer this time. Uh, but I love the the passion that he brings to the table when it comes uh, to the craziness that we're experiencing right now. But, Corey, I'm telling you, Cody Sankey uh, is another another guest that I know would have our back and the industry's back no matter what decisions are made.
1: No doubt. I saw Cody uh, a few months back at the Umbarger dealer meeting uh, he was kind of a guest speaker there, uh, sat on a panel, and I knew after listening to him and his thoughts that he was sharing with that group that we needed to have him on the show because a uh, really cool guy to talk with. Um, obviously, you guys heard his passion for the industry. Like others we've had on this show, especially in this time, it is really, really cool to see in action. So, um, Trevor. I think, I think we're just going to keep this train right on, right on rolling down the tracks.
0: I agree. Choo choo, here we come. Uh, obviously, you guys are incredible. Uh, you know the drill. Follow us on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Who knows? We may have a TikTok before the week's over. With uh, I may get, may uh, get stock, the, talk, TikTok, tick TikTok going now that that's the thing. Um, the hat giveaway. We're going to give away five of them. So uh, just send out that video to us on social media. Listening to. Stock talk in your barn or confinement area. And we'll select five of them. Be creative with it. Um, you know We want it to be positive as possible. Keep working your livestock. If you're a showman yourself, get to work. There's no reason that these livestock, livestock should not be dead broke come mid-April. Uh, you've got all the time in the world now. There's no practice. There's no school. There's no gatherings except you gathering all of your abilities in the show barn.
1: Yeah, dang, right folks if you have not followed us on all of our social media platforms yet please do so at stock talk pod on twitter stock talk podcast facebook instagram snapchat look us up uh if you need to get a hold of me and trevor our phone numbers are available somewhere on the internet i'm sure you can find it yes or just um, message
0: us if you would like <laughs> to chat through something
1: yes yes uh we know we've got some people with some great ideas uh on Some alternatives if this COVID thing really uh, eliminates some more stuff. We are uh, optimistic that it won't, but in the event that it does, we do know that there's people coming up with some ideas right now, um, including us, but we are not going to share those because we don't think we're going to need to. I hope not. And second of all, please visit stocktalk-podcast.com. All of our episodes are there. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate five. If you want to give us four, we won't be mad about you. If you give it three, maybe consider sending us a message and telling <laughs> us how we can do better. Yes. So we love each and every one of you. And um, we promise we're getting new merch soon. We promise. We just, uh, we're just we trying to come up with some cool new designs instead of just this Dr. Talk logo, which we love. But we want to make sure that you guys are getting some cool apparel to sport while you're confined in your home.
0: <laughs> every everything into account we'll get there absolutely promise guys we say it every week but honestly we love each and every one of you stay healthy stay resilient this has been another edition of stock talk